there are millions of people, especially children, especially seniors uh, in some of our rural communities and uh, in our uh, very densely populated uh, city centers that are not as fortunate and their lives um, are just totally disrupted. Um, they're isolated. Uh, and there are some of the people that we see uh, that are helping us get through this. There's some of the ones who um, are in the stores, in the hospital, mm. that they cannot afford to be connected. Don't let a physical device fool you. Not everybody has continual service. Hi, this is David Goodfriend, and you're listening to the Good Friend Group podcast. President Harry Truman used to say, if you want a friend in Washington, get a dog. But in this case, if you want a good friend in Washington, you've come to the right place. I talk to people from technology, telecommunications, and media. These are my good friends, and now they're here to talk to you. On this Good Friend Group podcast, I speak with my good friend, Minyang Clyburn. She's been acting chairwoman of the FCC. She's been an FCC commissioner. And now she's got some things to say about what we could have done to prevent the connectivity crisis going on right now. Hello, Mignon. Hello, David. How are you? Oh, it's so good to hear your voice. You doing okay? I'm doing well. I hope you are. Well, uh, these are these are interesting times, but we're they doing okay. They really are. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It's uh, definitely a challenge, but um, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, it, it can bring out some of the better qualities, even the toughest of times. That's right. That's right. I, get, I think that's how we all have to view this. Let's be optimistic. Right. Um, but look, I, I have to ask you this because I've been thinking about you. You're a, you're a former chairwoman of the FCC, and everybody everywhere is using broadband or yes. connectivity of some sort to stay connected. And um, as you go through these, you know, these times that we're all going through, I'm just wondering what you think we've learned about the state of our country's connectivity as a result of this COVID-19 crisis. Well, number one, it's, it's great to uh, join you uh, today talking about something that um, has been front and center and that is connectivity uh, in the wake of all of this. Uh, if you are fortunate, um, if you have a plan that is not de minimis, that's not just 200 minutes and 200 texts, if you are fortunate like uh, you and me and, and a lot of other people listening um, to this podcast, then um, there are inconveniences for sure. Um, you know, we can't go, we can't do the things that we're accustomed, but we have means to stay connected. There are millions of people, especially children, especially seniors uh, in some of our rural communities and uh, in our uh, very densely populated uh, city centers that are not as fortunate and their lives um, are just totally disrupted. Um, they're isolated. Uh, and there are some of the people that we see uh, that are helping us get through this. There are some of the ones who um, are in the stores, in the mm. hospital that they cannot afford to be connected. Don't let a physical device fool you. Not everybody has continual service. So for those who are fortunate, can afford to pay their monthly bills, 
that they don't have substandard servers, then this is a very painful, I will say, as you know, with someone who has a, a, one family uh, member on, on um, in an oxygen tank, this is a very, very tough time. Uh, but in terms of keeping in touch and being able to, uh, uh, you know, continue with at least some form of uh, uh, productivity, um, a lot of us are very fortunate. So you mentioned that someone in your family uh, is in the hospital uh, on a on a ventilator. Is that right? Well, from what I was told, she is in a tent. You know, I don't think they into. I, I don't think she's in a ventilator, and and that scares me because I went through that with mom. Right. And and they are absolutely right. Once that happens, your chances go down just incredibly. I mean, you really have a less than twenty percent chance uh, mm-hmm. to make it. Um, so my understanding, and it's it's the what you've been reading. This family member and I, I was invited. Um, you know, went to a wedding down in South Carolina. It turns out that this small town of about 8,000 is one of the epicenters in South Carolina mm. of, of COVID-19. I mean, uh, we lost the, uh, the uh, late governor's um, uh, a son, lost his battle uh, with COVID-19 uh, a couple of weeks ago. So this small little town that they went for a glorious celebration, uh, I believe it's four family members that are um, impacted and one has, um, I haven't gotten a, a positive update in the last couple of weeks. So yes, this, this is a terribly tough time. Yes. When you talk about connectivity and being able to um, stay in touch and, and get those updates, um, there are more than a few of us uh, that will have a tough time uh, maintaining that connection uh, on a continual basis. And that to me, um, is a, another layer of uh, lost opportunities from a regulatory standpoint, from a legislative standpoint, and yes, I will say from a private sector standpoint, that uh, we have um, uh, not done all that we could have been doing before this to ensure that there are uh, seamless opportunities now, particularly when it comes to those 12 million children who go home without connectivity in their home. Yeah, it seems like when, when we've talked about the homework gap in the past, it was tragic, it was, it was urgent. But the fact that children now are learning from home and uh, if they don't have a broadband connection, they're, they're shut out. It's like slamming the school door in their face. This is an urgent issue at, our, at, at this time in this crisis, isn't it? And you said learning from home, but I will contend to you that there are millions of people, children who are not learning from home. Mm. Their parents are not necessarily, they did not necessarily have the strongest of experiences right. uh, in school. So they don't feel equipped uh, to, um, you know, some, if you look at some of the, the, the videos, some people make light of it, but there's some very serious um, disconnected uh um, you know, issues in those homes with people being able to give the kids, their children, the tools that they need uh, to advance to the next grade level, uh, to to lessen those divides that already exist in those communities. So yes, they are supposed to be learning from home, but if you don't have a devi- device, mm-hmm. if you don't have um, you know connectivity in that um, in in that building, um, if you're in that rural community. Um, on the, um, you know, as we used to say back home, behind God's back, and, right. and you don't have the, um, you know, the infrastructure there that will reach down that uh, cornfield, then you, you've got a real problem 
in terms of um, a continuity of learning. I spoke to uh, my best friend about, and I hope I don't get her uh, in trouble. Uh, her, um, her cousin is in Georgia, a real small town. And everybody had a lot of, um, I, I, I guess, hope um, that we would not be at the place where we are, that schools will not um, go back into session. And they, because most of the children do not have broadband at home in that rural Georgia community, they sent about a week's worth of paperwork home. Uh, you know what week we're in now, what we're going into week four. And mm -hmm. so I don't know what's happening now in terms of those students. How do you, um, you know, keep them, um, uh, how do they get ready? You know, how do they arm themselves with the tools that they need uh, uh, to be competitive uh, in this ever shrinking um, by way of, um, you know, the boundaries don't matter in terms of our global, um, you know, economy. Uh, they're going to be uh, people who are already disadvantaged, who are going to be further disadvantaged. And that's the biggest tragedy of all this. Right. You know, when, when we were saying we need a more robust lifeline program, the FCC, that will, um, that will address, um, you know, the, the homework gap, that will address the health disparities, you know, those issues that will allow for, you know, telehealth, tele-education, tele-learning, you know, telemedicine, uh, telework. Um, and I can't tell you the number of times where, um, you know, people looked right at me and say, hey, look, um, you know, if they don't have broadband at home, they can go to the library. Newsflash, the library is closed. Um, you know, they can right. go to McDonald's. Newsflash, nobody can sit in the McDonald's. So right. look at what we could have been doing um, there were a lot of canaries chirping or whatever canaries do, you know, in that, you know, coal mine, um, you know, saying, look, we need to take care of this now. Now we're triaging. Now you've got children with weeks worth of possibly, you know, not doing anything to further, um, you know, their opportunities right now. And a lot of this, you know, during my eight years at the FCC could have been addressed. Right. But we're too busy bickering in terms of, um, you know, trying to score political points or, uh, you know, uh, trying to uh, say, well, you know, let's cap this program or let's cap that or we don't need that. And now look at us. There are a lot of people um, who said that that should not be able to look at themselves in the mirror right now uh, because there are some children um, who are going to, I'm afraid, um, and some of them permanently disadvantaged because if they can't go back in the fall, and there's a possibility that some children might not be able to go back in the fall if some of the peaks, um, uh, you know, we're in Washington, D.C. right now in the greater area. If the peak is in the fall, the children won't be, you know, won't, won't be able to go back. Their parents you know, won't be able to go back. You know, all of these things that um, that I think there would have been at least some kind of backstop, David. Um, that's what frustrates me the most right now. I agree, Mignon. And listening to you talk and listening to your passion, it's almost as if I'm, I'm hearing the same message that we're hearing from healthcare professionals who are saying, we could have done more early on. We could have uh, secured uh, ventilators, low cost, right. smaller right. ventilators, if we'd been thinking ahead. In a way, what you're saying is, we had a chance to do something in the telecommunications field that would have prepared us better for this crisis. Absolutely. It's not like when you would go to these communities, because I give credit to the commissioners at the FCC. They get out. 
they go to places. And I'm going to assume that people are saying to them um, what they say, said to me when I was serving. We need broadband. We need these opportunities. Uh, you know, we need a better public-private partnerships um, in order to not only provide devices, but to provide robust opportunities. And we, meaning the FCC, um, could have done more, could have leveraged uh, more by way of different uh, platforms and tech uh, companies and entities and, and different types of, you know, technology. Uh, you know, we were so wedded on some of the legacy platforms until when someone came out with another, um, uh, you know, we used to say mousetrap, but, you know, a technology, um, you know, opportunity, uh, then they were disadvantaged because the incumbents were advantaged. Right. I know some people will uh, up, get upset with me for saying that, but it's absolutely true. Oh, and it's true. when you deal with the incumbents who have a 10-year plan in my community, and when I say my community, I mean where my grandparents grew up, African-American, mm -hmm. rural, we're in the 10 or 11-year plan. Uh, you know, we're on, we're on year 11 of the 10-year plan. And so <laughs> when, you're, when, when you are faced with that, um, then the people that live down that unpaved road um, uh, that was, you know, named, um, you know, after my grandfather, then what are their opportunities, especially now? And so that's what I mean in terms of, you know, it's best, and I said this in terms of education, I say this in terms of, you know, telehealth and other opportunities, it is really less expensive and you have the opportunity to do and think more when you plan and when you put things in place in a time where there's not a crisis. Now we're triaging. We're in, a, everybody's in a state of emergency and the best, more sustainable uh, platforms and constructs are not crafted in this particular state. Yes, we might you know, put out some fires, but they are not crafted. Because David, you know, an another thing that um, uh, when you talk about um, uh, the digital divide or digital um, deserts and the like, if you were to look at where broadband is not, you can layer that where uh, those comorbidities, you know, those uh, types of illnesses or conditions like high, uh, you know, diabetes, diabetes, high blood pressure, poverty, uh, it, all of these things, if you were to layer that on top of uh, the lack of broadband, it's going to be congruent. Mignon, since you have been an, an acting chairwoman of the FCC and you spent all those years as commissioner, if you, could, if you could take back those reins right now, if you were chairman right now, what would you do? I would better enable uh, more hot spots to be realized. I would take those buses that are, um, you know, uh, that are um, idle and and and, uh, and wire them and strategically uh, 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 put them in spots where there um, are, are no, um, you know, broadband um, and, and enabled opportunities where the infrastructure is not not there. I would, in real time, reform Lifeline uh, in order to really tackle uh, the uh, affordability gap. Uh, for those who qualify, you know, for the, those services. I would uh, also, uh, looking at those 2.7 million individuals who are incarcerated, 
who cannot see their families because you know there is no in-person visit, right. I would uh, uh, I would uh, demand as much as I could, um, you know, those providers to sign that Keep Americans Connected uh, pledge that uh, almost 600 providers have um, have signed and work with the jurisdictions to uh, make or enable free or chronically, or I mean, incredibly reduced uh, uh, cost for right. video visitation and um, legacy uh, voice uh, connectivity, uh, being able to speak with an inmate. Um, I, I would um, allow that to be accessible and affordable. So the three things that just come into mind organically uh, right. that could be done um, that should be further done, that will address those individuals who are on the wrong side of the digital divide. Um, if it is the lack of resources, which is going to get, which is getting worse, by the way, um, um, if it's, um, you know, a lack of opportunity, uh, which is getting tougher, you know, by the way, because you, you know what's, what's going on now? If you've got people who you didn't want to pay $15 an hour, who you're clapping and, and, and saying, oh, thank you uh, for uh, being um, at, at the um, you know, local grocer. Oh, thank you for helping you know, to clean up uh, the hospital. You don't, you don't want to pay them the $15. They're on the front line. They can't stay mm -hmm. home with their kids. They're the mm -hmm. ones that are chronically disconnected. So look at what, um, I, I, you know, look at what um, lost opportunity that we had to address the opportunities gap, to address, um, you know, the economic uh, divide, to address all of these things. Um, and now, honestly, we're seeing um, um, the worst possible scenario uh, with this pandemic um, just being layered on already uh, just painful um, opportunities and just a few regulatory uh, um, tweaks uh, could have, um, we could have been in a, in a better place right now. And it, it's just, uh, um, it, it breaks my heart, to be honest with you. It breaks my heart. It is. It's tragic. And, and I'll tell you, there are some of us who are going to do everything we can to try to get some funding, um, assuming Congress acts again, uh, to, to the places that need it the most in those programs you mentioned, Lifeline, E-Rate. E-Rate. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a way to do it. That was part one of my interview with Mignon Clyburn. In the next Good Friend Group podcast, part two of the Clyburn interview, where we'll cover prison reform, South Carolina politics, and a lot more. See you then. You've been listening to the Good Friend Group podcast. I'm David Goodfriend. Thanks for listening.